SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. We are back. We are live. Good evening, everybody. Mr. Ongama Mtimka, political analyst and lecturer based at Nelson Mandela University. He is going to talk to us open line as I'm requesting you to please do. He's going to talk to us about the seven page letter President Ramaphosa penned ostensibly for the attention of the ANC membership with the hope that it will end corruption. I'm not so sure if a letter ends corruption, but anyway, that's the position of the party and state president, Ndate Matamela Cyril Ramaphosa. First year anniversary and the conversation surrounding her brutal killing is as relevant now as it ever has been. The question then has to be, are we as a nation making the correct strides in meeting against so that we do not have to have names such as Uyenene. My thoughts is no, because right now we are talking about Kwasa, unfortunately. Stian Hazen, the battle for the DA leadership together with Mbali Nduli. Emergency power, gosh, when I see procurement and emergency, I see corruption. Your thoughts on that, Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, 2,000 megawatts open for emergency procurement. This is in the supply of energy. Back to school again. I don't know how many times we've said back to school this year. And I don't know how many times we have to speak in deplorable terms the name Zandilem Gumete. Your thoughts, Ongama. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening, Sangazo and your listeners. Thank you for having me. Your thoughts on what I've said? What sticks out? What is most topical in your thoughts? Well, the latter dominated the headlines over the past weekend. And really the question among us is, What's the extent to which the ANC can follow through this time, especially President Cyril Ramaphosa, given the card that he, the ticket that he ran his entire campaign on? Would really, as South Africans, like to see some bold actions taken in terms of bringing to book those that have committed uh, corruption in the country, and it remains to be seen. Notwithstanding the very harsh tone of uh, the very uh, uh, firm tone of his letter. It sure is. It sure is. I mean, why is a letter at all necessary? Why do comrades, so to speak, have to be warned? Why do they have to be told to not be corrupt? Why do they have to be told that? And for good measure, I haven't read the letter because, frankly speaking, there's nothing new in that letter that will suddenly be a surprise from the ANC to the ANC. It's nothing new. I'm sick and tired of having to talk ANC and corruption. And I'm certainly not going to be spending my time reading a seven page letter. But I can almost tell you what it says. We are going to be cracking down the whip. I mean, how many times have we had to say that? How many times have we had to hear that? And then the next thing, as if true to form, they go and pick who's under Yeah, so uh, I think in, in ANC politics, who communicates messages of the NEC is very important. I suppose the president, given the extent of uh, displeasure that society has shown against the ANC here, uh, did want to influence the agenda in terms of what's being spoken about. And and generally, Ace Mahashule, uh, you know, determines that communication from NEC meetings. But I think in, we've seen in, in a number of instances where the president felt that he also wants his voice heard when it comes to, you know, ANC uh, uh, correspondence. What's different about the letter for me 
is uh, uh, notwithstanding the trust deficit and the fact that whenever government communicates, including President Cyril Ramaphosa, they don't get a, even as much as a benefit of doubt, uh, given the levels of trust deficit. What's different, though, mm. and, and mm. what, what, what is the whole politics of what conference resolutions are emphasized. Uh, there's been an ideological debate about RET and uh, wanting to evaluate the performance of the president on the basis of every other resolution, save for ones that reflect directly on the character of the ANC and its leaders. So I, part of what uh, the need for writing this letter is to influence the debates about um, what gets to be implemented about resolutions of the ANC and, in fact, what gets to be spoken about. So it's, it, it, a part of it is a counter-messaging strategy, but part of it, if you look at the sections that deal with what the party needs to do, what the general membership needs to do, and what the state, what interventions can be made at the level of the state, uh, uh, can be given of the benefit of doubt. The thing is, um, whether or not there's not just political courage, but uh, sorry, not just political will on the part of the president, but courage to take the decisive actions that are needed. That's what the acid test is going to be of uh, uh, on his credibility. You sure have more patience than I do. I'm wondering what South Africans think in relation to that. Political analyst and lecturer at Nelson Mandela University, Mr. Ongamam Timka, sharing his thoughts in the news that have been since the last time we had a date, being last week, Thursday. We welcome your thoughts, comments, and contributions after the break. Please dial the number 0891-104-207. Remember, you will have 90 seconds to make your point. If you decide to greet me and ask me how I am and whether or not I'm healthy, be very sure you are eating into your own time. 891 Among the things we shall be talking about and continuing to talk about is Uyenenem Khwetyana. One year ago today, we learned of her brutal killing. Your thoughts on that and more after the break. Here's something to think about, though, because in line of what we shall be talking about and hopefully we'll have contributions, in particular from ladies and women at large, Tembi Sile on our Twitter page, well, on her Twitter page, I beg your pardon, I stumbled across it and I thought it was striking. I once told my rapist to use a condom because I am HIV positive. Imagine having to engage your rapist at that level. I wonder who thinks of being so selfless at such a traumatic time. Your thoughts are welcome after this. Call Songhez or now 0891-104-207. Let's go to Durban. Anonymous, as usual, is fastest fingers onto the line. Good evening, Anonymous. Good evening to you. And uh, I'm just inquiring, does any one of you ha- have a portfolio of uh, Zandela Gomeda? Of, you know, her, her, her curriculum or qualification or something to the effect to say that, you know, she's entitled to be where she is uh, and re-elected without the case being completed as well. And, and, you know, I've been listening to every call, caller calling from the entire week. Every citizen is disappointed, really disappointed. Even ANC um, um, uh, persons, uh, Nakedas, were also disappointed in the, in, the ANC, uh, in the ANC as well for the electing of uh, Zandile Gumeda. And also to uh, the ANC, I don't know where we're heading for here, that I'm, I can't say where we're heading for here. 
because people are really disappointed with what's going on in the head of department with the, with the theft and the stealing. And we are more disappointed because my light account is my, my consumption is 124 uh, wattage, but my price is um, 400 and, uh, 450 rands with VAT that I have to pay every month out of my pension. I'm left with virtually uh, very little. This is how the country is run, where a rich person gets a rebate on rates. Uh, I, I think everything is toxic-turvy. Right now, everything in the ANC is toxic-turvy. I don't know who they advise us, and I really don't want to know about ANC. I'm sick and tired of them. And I thank you so much, Sangeza. Thank you Hello. so much, Anonymous. There's only one person who's not disappointed in the promotion of Zandile Kumet, and that is the former president's son, um, Mr. Zuma. Um, to Tuzane Zuma, he thought that it was a wise decision. Mr. Mtimka, your thoughts? I mean, there's a reference to power here in the last caller's point, and it draws me now to the conversation of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. They're expecting to fetch, what, 40 billion in investment attraction in relation to the emergency procurement for power. Your thoughts on that? I just see one word, and I think one word, and it starts with a C and it ends in an N. All of COVID has given us that much. I don't see anything different here. Your thoughts? Uh, just in passing, uh, Songa, so I think we are making a mistake in thinking that the ANC is a meritocracy uh, organization. The ANC is it's, 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 it's election into office as well as succession politics are driven by are driven more by alliances rather than uh, competence. So absolutely, leaders uh, leaders preside over processes and uh, you know create a false notion that power is in the branches when it is not. They manipulate uh, processes so that uh, whoever is preferred to be a leader gets to lead the party. Uh, that's one thing which is not included among the reforms uh, President Ramaphosa is talking about in his letter to the ANC among the proposals that he's making. This is a huge contributor to corruption. The idea that you are important in the party as long as you are an ally of so-and-so, not as long as you can uh, show that you are competent in doing your job, whether it's in the civil service, in the political office, or in the party uh, structures. So I wanted to go via them. What what concerns? So it's a welcome step, obviously, uh, when energy when steps are made towards energy security. Uh, the problem with us is that we've got mega projects like Madupi and Kusile, where uh, the government is still funding in terms of getting those uh, to come on stream. Those are two big uh, coal fire, new generation coal fire fired. Uh, power stations that should be coming on stream. And the second thing is that the demand, uh, if you look at the scenarios that are painted in the 2019 uh, uh, integrated uh, 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 resource plan, you find mm. that it, 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 the, the scenarios painted there in terms of growth levels, the lowest is around 1 point something percent GDP growth. Now, we are in a situation where the economy is expected to have been negative for the next five years. So my only concern is how much of the modeling for demand, uh, how much of this demand that is now uh, being sought after is influenced by outdated demand projections and to what extent uh, is there urgency uh, for this such that 
certain processes should not be followed. Obviously, the big documents are 25K, so uh, you've got to pay that in order to read them. But it would be very interesting to see what the proposed method of procurement that the state is going to use, because uh, the, I, I suspect that the big word you are, you are, you are fearing there is uh, corruption, <laughs> which riddles many of these mega projects, you know, in, in, not just in South sure. Africa, but throughout the developing uh, countries. The fact that the bid documents themselves, I mean, I didn't know there were 25,000. That's already exclusionary and it already takes out a significant community who could otherwise potentially be bidders. But let's suspend that thought for now. We do have one more caller for this evening and it's going to be the last one. Mike, my brother, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Your thoughts, please. Thanks, Agisa. Indeed, I'm astonished like your previous call about the amount of people that are phoning into the radio station over the week. And to a man, every one of them is complaining about the ANC and its corruption. And it really is, I think we, you know, we can talk around this thing till the cows come home. But I think whether you're pro-ANC or anti-ANC, in my case, I never married the ANC. I voted for them. They disappointed me when they started stealing money in the Travelgate scam. And uh, I knew then this is a party that I cannot support any longer, and I joined another party. If you look at the facts today, Lynn Brown, Melissa Gugabi, Bakabita Dumini, Motsubini Zwani, Jermat Peterson, they all have one common denominator. They all lied to us. We have people running committees in Parliament that have been arrested and suspended or arrested and they're out on bail still running committees. It's quite simple. Our president has uh, got to now arrest, convict, and they need to go to jail. People in South Africa do not want anything more or anything less. And unless our president delivers that, I'm afraid... We are, as a country, toast, and really whatever else we discussed tonight is quite irrelevant. Thanks so much, Agizo. Excellent. Thank you so much for your thoughts there, Mike. Perhaps I might even caution to say, in as much as I get the sentiment that you are driving, but I think we do enjoy the institution of the separation of powers. The president certainly must crack the whip where he can, but he surely doesn't have the powers to arrest and to prosecute and to sentence. I think that's where he can set the tone for sure. But I think we have to look to Shamila Batoi to do what she's been employed to do. And she has asked for patience. I'm not so sure if South Africans have got too much of that in the offing. Final comments. And I'm going to insist that you please deal with this matter because nobody else has. Your thoughts in terms of South Africa and its strides in relation to the scourge of gender-based violence. We would have thought, certainly this time last year, when we were lamenting the tragedy around the brutal killing of Uyinen Mkhojana, that certainly the South African society would have moved and moved in the right direction. But it doesn't sound nor seem that we are. Final comments. Sure. Last thought on the earlier issue. I think the president has got to manage the performance of the institutions or ensure that the management of that performance is guaranteed. So nobody is asking them in him to personally uh, decide who gets to be charged or who does not. But to the extent that law enforcement is an executive function, they cannot be absolved when those institutions fail to do what is necessary, which, by the way, is also uh, applicable on the gender-based violence story. Um, What is said is that the crime statistics in South Africa this year show that uh, we are not winning this battle. Uh, The the rates have increased. And what what we see is that we fail at many levels to protect women in South Africa. Uh, We must take responsibility as a society in general because it is us uh, that breed or allow toxic toxic masculinity. Uh, to emerge from our communities. It is us as, 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 as communities that know who rapists are and at times, in fact, intervene to ask that things get re- resolved 
in the Sikwati or in, uh, in, 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 in through families talking rather than uh, allowing the, the hand of, of justice, you know, uh, to, to, to run its course. So there's a, a, a deep-rooted problem here which relates to the capacity of the state to effectively respond to gender-based violence. But I think that the time to absolve society in general is over because these are members of society who commit these atrocious crimes. But also, uh, if you look at the extent to which uh, women are objectified from a very young age. You find a, a, a boys, for example, being socialized into a culture uh, uh, that uh, uh, objectifies women from a very early age and, 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 and a whole lot of other things which breed toxic masculinity. So we must take accountability as a society, even as we demand that the state plays its role in terms of law enforcement and prevention. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much, Mr. Ongamam Timka. All the best. And uh, we wish you well, and we certainly do look forward to more of your incisive analysis.